I was born with a microphone in my chest. I get that from my mom. You can hear her everywhere. So look at that segue on accident. All the moms, would you do me a favor? Would you please stand up? Please stand up. Thank you. Woo! We love you guys. Are you ready? We have something special for you. Um, so um, if, you're a, if you're a mom, stay standing until we bring you your flower. Because moms always deserve flowers. Not just on Mother's Day. Our, that was a good chance, guys. And children of mothers. <laughs> yeah, we just want you to know we love you. And we think you're awesome and you're beautiful. And moms sacrifice and they teach and they instruct and they wear every hat there is in the family. And so you are, you are honored today. You're honored. Why don't you look across? You're honored today. You have awesome moms. Single moms, you're awesome. You're champions. You're heroes. I like to say it all the time. Um, those that raise children on their own, you are awesome. Don't give up. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. In due season, if you do not faint, you will reap what you've sown. And so we just want you to know we love you. And um, we just want to pray a blessing over you. All right? Father, we thank you for all the moms that are here whether they're our wife or our mother here. and God, we thank you for what they've done for us. We thank you for who they are. Thank you for allowing us to be in relationship with them so we can learn what love really is. <laughs> thank you for every time we fell down and they picked us up and they babied us like we wanted to be babied. That's how us men are, right? Thank you, God, for my mom doing that and making me feel better. Thank you, moms. You do that. You make us feel better. You bring comfort. You make kids feel safe, too. We know dads are supposed to be the protector, but I think moms are really good at making kids feel safe. So, God, we thank you for our moms. I pray that you would do something special for them. All of you, I want you to think of one thing that you want that sounds selfish. Like as simple as, I just want to um, be alone for a minute with no one asking me for where the scissors are or where something is at the house. Whatever it is, think of something right now, and I want you to ask the Lord for it. For you personally, he loves to give us gifts and surprises. God, we ask that those things that they're asking you for, that you would give them gifts and surprises now. Something special just for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we love you guys. Thank you all for um, celebrating Mother's Day with us today. stuff. Amen. Hey, even the, the worst criminals in the world have a soft place for mama. That tells the power that you carry, ladies. Forget dad. Don't you talk about my mama. <laughs> it's just different. Moms are different, man. It's just a different thing. So, Well, Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing. And we just... We say yes to you, God. We turn our heart toward you. We will not forget your benefits. Uh-huh. Amen. All right. Did you know that we are the only species that can pause? 
Think about that for a minute. We're the only species on the planet that can stop and pause and contemplate and think. So I, I just felt like I was supposed to say that. I don't know if you have a decision to make. I don't know if there's turmoil, chaos. I don't know what it is. But the Lord wanted to remind you today that you can sila, which means to pause in the presence. You can pause and hear his voice. There's a place that you can hide and hear from him. So I just feel like I needed to say that before we go on. And uh, we'll jump into it. If you want to open to Matthew, I'm going to be as quick as possible. I don't want to make you any promises and lie to you. I don't want to be a liar. I'd rather be thought of as long-winded than a liar. No, I, we, I know we've, it's Mother's Day. I do, we'll get out of here quickly, but I do need to hit some things fast. <clears throat> so, um, open to Romans 12 as well. I don't know if I told you Matthew. Um, we'll go to Matthew 16, but Romans 12. I want to read that, and we'll jump into this as part of a series. We're just going to tie, um, tie up some things that we've been talking about. Last week, we talked about the power of obedience, um, how it's just really easy to say yes to the Lord and to really be a leader, which is the series we're in. We're learning to lead where we're planted. You can't be a leader if we can't follow. It's impossible to lead other people if we will not be led by other people. Amen? So not to rehash last week, but that's what we talked about. Today I want to talk about the influence of leaven on our leadership. The influence of leaven. Um, So let's read Romans 12 and we'll jump into it. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren... In view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Amen? Amen. Are you good? Then it says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Everyone say patterns. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right. Jesus mentioned four leavens um, throughout the Gospels. The first was the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Then he also told the the disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Sadducees, and the leaven of Herod. Leaven is not a thought. All right? So listen to me. We just have to... The patterns of thought that we have influence everything in our life. All our information goes through the patterns that we have set up for thought process. If I, if I believe that I'm in poverty, and I just believe that I'm always going to be in poverty, then even when I get a check in the mail, I'm going to see it through the lens of poverty. And I'm going to spend it, or I'm going to do something that is, is, is something that a person in poverty would do with it. I'm not going to be wise on how I handle the increase because I don't have a pattern inside of me to handle the increase so everything that happens in life whether it's a check in the mail or favor at your workplace or increase in your relationships with other people um, or or even authority or spiritual giftings those things flow through the the patterns that have been created internally inside of us that's why we talked last week about it's very important that we allow god to instruct us to build internal structures inside of us those internal structures are the patterns that he's talking about in Romans. He says, do not conform or do not be shaped into the patterns of this world. In other words, do not allow your experiences, your pain, your suffering, your victories, your sorrows, your defeats. Don't allow the patterns of this world to become your patterns. 
He didn't say, don't let, don't let those thoughts come in because those thoughts will control you. What he's saying is don't allow those thoughts to create patterns that will control your life. So leaven is not a thought. Leaven is not that weird thought that comes to you like, man, that was a horrible idea or horrible thought. That is not leaven. Our thoughts are influenced by leaven. Our thoughts are influenced by the patterns that are internally built inside of us. In other words, if I have no, um, you know, no, no, if I'm not bit to do um, violent things, a violent thought goes through my mind, I'm not going to act out in violence because I'm not a violent person. There's no violent pattern inside of me. But if I am a violent person or I have a tendency to react in violence, then when a thought that comes in that's violent, then, then I'm in danger of falling into a pattern of behavior. To someone who's not a violent person, violent thoughts have no effect on you. Growing up, I was, I, had, I was tempted in other ways, but for me, I wasn't tempted into the party scene and all that kind of stuff. It just it didn't even appeal to me at all because there wasn't a pattern built inside of me through my family legacy toward that atmosphere. So it, it, I literally never had a desire for those things that go along with it. Just didn't. Not even a temptation. And when you say that to some people, they're like, well, that, you're just weird. You're, you're, you're a preacher boy or whatever. No, I had other issues. But I didn't have a pattern of party behavior inside of me. So those thoughts or invitations or even being in the environment had zero effect on me because there was no pattern in me. You have the same stories. You could probably come up here and say, well, I didn't have this issue. And I'm saying, boy, I had issues there because I had patterns built inside of me. Patterns of mistrust or whatever it is. We can all fill in our, our blanks of what our patterns are. But what he's saying is don't allow the world, the things that we experience to build patterns inside of you. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <clears throat> so leaven is not a thought. It's not something that just passes through. It is a pattern of behavior. It's a pattern of thought. It's a prevailing mindset that attracts thoughts. If I am a violent person, violent thoughts are going to be attracted to me. I will be easily provoked because there is a magnet inside of me of violence. And everywhere I go, violence is going to be attracted to me. I was a very mouthy ball player. I liked to talk trash when I played ball. That was one of my patterns. It was just fun for me. I don't know how to explain it to you. If you've ever played sports, it's, it's just kind of your mama. You know, that kind of, it's just fun. It adds to the competition. It, and and <laughs> so everywhere I went, I would find these situations. I wouldn't even start it, but it would start. And because there was a pattern in me, well, let's go. Let's talk some trash. Let's do this. I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to tell you about it while I'm beating you. <clears throat> There's a pattern. It was attracted to me. I could, to this day, I could be doing the flag at my son's soccer game and get ejected for not even saying anything. Ask my wife. This happened three weeks ago. I'm telling myself. I, don't, I do not trash talk anymore. I, I don't even find myself in competitive atmospheres anymore, so I don't know if that's even in me anymore. But as I'm doing the flag, the 
the, the referee made a horrible call. I didn't like the call. I didn't say a whole lot. I didn't really say a whole lot. I'll be honest. I was just like, that's a bad call. But I was holding the flag, so I shouldn't have said anything. And with like five seconds, I was thrown out. I was like, I didn't even earn that. Wait, let me say something wrong. <laughs> let me kick some dirt on you or spit at you or yell. I, I literally didn't say anything, but it, the controversy found me. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> but the justice thing in me is a pattern. Everywhere I go, when something is not right, I feel like I have to fix it. My, it drives my wife crazy. Jared, just let them drive. No, they're not driving where they should be driving. They're not handicapped. Why are they parked here? Hey, you need to move your car. <laughs> I'm a nosy person, and I think it's justice. And so everywhere I go, jerks find me. <laughs> Dads want to yell at me from across the soccer field. I don't even know why. I didn't even say anything to you. But there's a pattern that attracts these things that keep coming up. I've gotten better at realizing, well, I'm not even going to be part of this. I know that this thought or this situation is attracted to me. But I've got to separate and divorce myself from this pattern. I have to break the leaven that's inside of me that attracts these thoughts or these circumstances. If you keep finding yourself in a financial crisis, break the pattern. Do something different. Don't do something stupid. Do something different. If you're, if you're finding yourself in the middle of the office drama and gossip constantly. It's attracted to you for a reason. Just like dad's yelling and flipping me off and wanting to fight in soccer matches when I didn't even, I didn't even look your direction, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No matter what I do, it finds me. Same thing with the, the drama and the gossip. God, is there a pattern inside of me? Does this like make me come alive when there's drama or chaos or some, something to conquer? Break the pattern. You guys okay? And so leaven is a pattern that's inside of us. <clears throat> They're the internal instructions. They are, there are thoughts and they are things that have been built inside of us that we've come into agreement with. So by me being a mouthy person growing up most of my life and doing this, I've already created a pattern of agreement with this controversy. I have to break the pattern of agreement. Amen? In other words, leaven, is the, are the, they're the thoughts that we've responded to with action. And that forms a pattern of behavior, which forms a stronghold. Okay? Those things that keep finding us, even when we don't look for it, trouble finding us, or whatever it is, there's a pattern, and the pattern is actually called the stronghold, and it has to be uprooted. Is everyone okay? I'm going to hit these... Three, um, uh, the kingdom we're going to talk about later, but I want to hit the three of Herod, the Pharisees, and Sadducees because we want to lead, and when we, when we lead, we reproduce. When you lead something, if you're a lead at your workplace or if you're a lead in your family or if you're a lead on a, on a sports team, you reproduce what's inside of you. So we don't want to reproduce the same leaven and the same patterns, all right? So let's go through this real quickly. <clears throat> There's the, the leaven of Herod, and it was a political spirit, all right? And so I want to hit on this real 
I'm going to do this as fast as I can. I want to hit these three, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to break the patterns, break the agreement that we have with these patterns. The, the, the leaven of Herod is a mental stronghold that believes that the hearts and minds of people can be swayed with information, with fear, with emotion, or with compromise. So anytime I have the leaven of Herod rising up, it will manifest in these ways where I feel like I can shift a situation through fear, through emotion, through information. How many of us have ever used information for our benefit? We dropped it in at a certain time. It may not have even needed to be said, but we just dropped it in there to sway the situation. That's the leaven of Herod manifesting itself. It believes that, that I am powerful and wise enough to shift a group of people, a person, a situation by my wisdom and through fear, emotion, and all these things that I just mentioned. The leaven of Herod is used in, in politics big time. Because you, you hear this. Um, I, I've been watching a documentary on, on Hitler and, and just seeing how evil he was and how evil their mindset was. They fought, and he, he brings Goebbels in to influence the mindset of the culture. And that he literally had, Goebbels was his right-hand man, and his whole job was to send out propaganda, which was information, tactics, political sway, and emotional rhetoric that he released into the public to change their hearts and minds. Hitler was quoted as saying, we have to win the battle for our generation's heart and mind. So the way they did it was they manifested the spirit of Herod, the leaven of Herod, and they thought, if we can release certain information at certain times and twist it and make it look this way or that way, or if we can tell them to be afraid, if we can release fear, then we'll control them to go a certain direction. It's how they got the Jewish people to, on their own, walk to the trains that were leading to the gas chambers. No guns pointed at them. How, read Dietrich Bonhoeffer, how in the world could Jewish people get onto a train and do what the Nazi Germany people were telling them to do? Because they kept giving them misinformation and they kept um, prodding them with fear. They knew that if we release fear, they react this way. So they would scare them into a direction. That's where the word ghetto came from. They built ghettos for Jewish people to live in. And here's how they did it. They said that you're, you're in danger. And to protect you, we're going to build a special place for you to live. And they went happily to the ghetto. Then they told them, hey, we told you you're in danger. And, and here's how else they did it. There was only one news station and radio station that you could get in this Nazi Germany. And it was their radio station. They controlled all the information. Don't listen anymore to the politics. It controls the hearts and minds. And so they moved them to the ghetto. And then they said, you're still in danger. They hear all the reports of, of the, the dangers of the Jewish people around the world. And they says, now what we need to do is, because you are in such danger, we need to build a fence around your, your city, your ghetto. And they said, do it. Keep us safe. And then... After some time of hearing the fear and the fear and the misinformation, they came to them and said, okay, look, this city's not safe for you anymore. Would you please get on this train? We're going to take you to a safer place. 
And that's when it all happens. One armed man with the other soldiers came in and they told him, leave your stuff. Don't take anything with you. We're going to take care of you when you get there. And they gladly walked out onto these trains into the atrocities uh, that we've heard of. It wasn't just Jewish people either. It was African-American, black people. Let's say black because they weren't from America. They were, they were black people, homosexual people, theologians. They took all the Bible scholars and sent them off as well. Any, anyone of mixed breeds sent them off. And this is how they did it. Through misinformation, it was this political spirit. Now, why did I tell all of that? Number one, because I love history, and I want us to realize that there are evil people that if they can win the hearts and minds, they can sway people into crazy directions they never would have gone on their own. If fear motivates us, it will always motivate us into bondage. Always. Fear will never motivate us into freedom. Ever. And that's what the Herod spirit does. It tries to make us afraid. It tries to, that's why we, we try really carefully and we guard the message that we say from here when we do offering, we do anything. Because we don't ever want to make you feel fear and motivate you into any direction because it's evil. It's evil to do that. You guys okay? So this, this spirit of Herod comes in and it controls people through these things that I've talked about. <clears throat> then once they create the culture, it's like, it's like a greenhouse. And they can get the responses that they want. All right, let's move on. So that's number one, Herod, political. Number two is the, the eleven of the Pharisees. This is the religious spirit. I'm going to say religious spirit. <clears throat> this is what Jesus said about the Pharisees. Matthew 23. Woe to you, Pharisees and teachers of the law. You go over land and over sea to make converts, to win people to the Lord. And then you come and you bring them home and you turn them into twice the devil that you are. How? You set up laws. He goes on. You set up laws and you build structures to keep people from the kingdom. You shut the door of the kingdom in people's faces. You make it difficult for people to serve God. And then you yourself won't even enter in. This is the second woe. There's seven or eight of them there. The third one, he says, says, woe to you. Outwardly, you look like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful, but inwardly, you're full of dead men's bones. And so this leaven of the, of the religious spirit, the leaven of the Pharisees, creeps into Christianity, and it masks itself as, as doing what God wants us to do. But in all actuality, we're, we're leaning on the law again. And we've talked about this so much, I don't have to go into a lot of it. But it's, it, it's, it's the personal control thing that I want to hit. The religious spirit will influence us into thinking that we can control ourselves outside of God. It's attempting to control myself externally without any internal surrender. Did you hear that? It's... If we can just stop doing these things, then we'll be okay. No. The things out here aren't what matters. It's the internal surrender that matters. If I'm ever motivated to deal with things out here without an internal surrender, then I am under the influence of, this, of the leaven of the Pharisees. 
And Jesus said, be careful. Be careful for the teaching of the Pharisees. Go home and read uh, our scripture from Matthew <clears throat> in a, later, Matthew 16, uh, because the story is awesome. Jesus had just fed the 5,000, and then he says, uh, uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And they go, oh, no, we didn't bring bread. And Jesus is like, how did you get we didn't bring bread from what I just said? How dull are you guys? Do you not remember that I don't really need a lot to feed 5,000 people? That I don't need a lot to feed 4,000 people? And then he told them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What was he saying? You are being bound by external consequences, external issues and difficulties, and there's no internal breakthrough inside of you. You're thinking from outside, and I've been trying to show you that things can shift if you will connect on an internal level to the kingdom. And that's what this, this uh, leaven of the Pharisees is. Then it moves into thinking that we can govern and control other people. You guys okay? That's what the world, that's what the world hates, religion, because they see it as control. Attempting to control others with laws and rules. It's exalting ourselves. And Jesus even says, you set yourself up as, a, as if you're Moses. <clears throat> the leaven of the Pharisees is the perversion of this scripture. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So... What is the leaven of the Pharisee? It's taking glory to myself for my good deeds. I have to hit this and we'll move to the last one. Very important you hear this. Anytime I, I am exalted because of good that I do, I'm under the influence of this spirit. Because the good deeds that I do should never bring honor and glory to me in an unhealthy way. It should always bring honor and glory to God. If I begin to take glory unto myself that belongs to God, then I am under this influence of the Spirit, and it has to be shifted. The pattern there has to be shifted. <clears throat> the last one is the Sadducees. My, my granny and papa used to say, they're sad, you see. And I was like, all right. Anyway, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't, <coughs> they didn't believe in the supernatural. They believed in self-will. They believed in free will, that everything in life was determined by your will, that you could do anything that you want. Be powerful. Be your own God. You can do anything you want. Does that sound familiar? Nothing can hold you down. You're powerful. You're a rock star. You're a champion. It's okay to think those things if it comes from the Father, but it's not okay to think those things under the influence of this Spirit here <clears throat> because it is literally what's called practical atheism. I say I believe in God, but I live completely to myself. I say I'm surrendered to Him, but I take no instruction or discipline from Him. I say I love Him, but I will not obey Him. I'm going to do what I think is right. Because truth is, it's my truth. There's no absolutes because God is irrelevant. It's free will that matters. You determine what's true. You determine what marriage is. You determine whether abortion is right or wrong. 
That's the spirit of the Sadducees. It's practical atheism. And it creeps into the church where we say we believe in God, but we live like we don't. You guys okay? <clears throat> it's, it's where we say we, we, we own our own destiny. I make my own destiny. You know, I love that, that American mindset that says we can conquer anything. I, I love it. I, I, we should never apologize for the mindset that we have in America. We should never be ashamed. Listen to me. Don't allow what we hear to make us ashamed to be Americans. I think y'all should say amen to that. I'm sorry. You should never feel like you have to apologize for being born in the USA or living in the USA. We used to sing songs about it. I'm not doing it. But you know where I'm going. The, the boss used to rock it out. It used to be a good thing. And then the Lee Greenwood stuff, right? Proud to be an American. You, we, it's almost illegal to say that nowadays. <clears throat> we live in a great place, but we're under the influence of a spirit that says, you know what? Our American attitude can overcome our deficiency in our relationship with God. If, if we just pour enough money into science, if we just pour mo- enough money into education, if we just pour enough money into these things, then we can overcome what's lacking in our relationship with who God is. And it's an American mindset. And it creeps into the church. I can do this. I don't need to surrender. I don't need to obey. I don't need to feel conviction. I can fix this. Hey, listen to me. The last thing I'm saying, we're going to close. We have to be desperate for God. We really do. It's not okay for us to just lazily pursue Him. It's not okay. Did anyone watch the Rangers game Friday with you, Darvish? Did you see how Alex Rios went after that fly ball, those of you that know? That was lazy. It was a perfect game at that time. I told Kyle, I was like, man, if that was Rusty Greer, the old Rangers, he would have ran through a wall to catch the ball. I don't want to be one of those people that lazily goes after God. I don't want a church that lazily goes after God or takes Him for granted. We have to realize our need for Him. We have to realize that if I don't obey Him, I'm completely cut off from life. There is no life outside of obeying Him. It's a mirage. It's fake. Any blessing, any benefit, anything that I conquer outside of obedience to God is fool's gold. It will not last. And all it will do is rot us from the inside out. So God, we ask you today to free us from the patterns that we've discussed. From the political spirit, God, from the religious spirit, and from the spirit of, of self uh, self-will, of independence. God, we are not independent from You. In You, we live and move and have our being. You hold our breath in Your hands, God. We fear You. We respect You. Would you stand? Why don't you pray into this with me, alright? God, we humble ourselves before You. Break the old patterns, God. Break the old mindsets, God.
We break patterns and we take captive thoughts. We break patterns, God, and we take captive thoughts. God, let us become more aware of you and your kingdom than anything else. Let us be motivated by you and your kingdom above anything else. Let us obey you and the things of your kingdom above anything else, God. We have no other gods before us. Come on, tell them. We have no other gods. I have no other gods before you. I will worship you, God, and I will only serve you. Come on, say that. I will worship you, God, and I will only serve you. There's a group of people called the Moravians. Has anyone ever heard of them? Besides, I've sent out an email to some leaders. The Moravians were a group of people that they... One of the the guy's name was Count Zinzendorf. What a great name, right? And he says, I only have one passion, and it's Jesus, only Jesus. This was in the 1700s. They began a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week prayer meeting that lasted over 100 years in the 1700s in a German town. They saw um, unbelievable things. And this was their prayer, that the Lamb of God would receive the reward of his sufferings. Why don't you all say that with me? That the Lamb of God would receive the reward of his suffering. Why don't you say that other one with me? I only have one passion. It's Jesus, only Jesus. Let's say it one more time. I only have one passion. It's Jesus, only Jesus. God, grip our hearts with this. We don't want it to be something we just say. We want it to be a lifestyle confession, God. We want it to be a prevailing value that we live through. Let it be our core value, God. Replace the old patterns with those patterns. With your patterns, God. I sense you doing it even now. Do surgery on us. We will not be conformed to the patterns of this world. We will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's Jesus, only Jesus. that the Lamb will receive the reward of His sufferings. Why don't you pray for your neighbor just real quick before we go. God, drive this home. Seal this word in our heart, God. God, we, I, I command this word, this seed that you've planted today, to grow fruit, to change the way we do life, to shift our mindsets and patterns, God. We ask that you would tune us, Lord, with your tuning fork.
we will bring fruit in keeping with our repentance, God. If you need prayer for anything, don't leave without being prayed for. God wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. If you want to give your heart to the Lord or recommit, right now is the time to do it. Don't wait. This is the best time to do it right now. So please come to the front. Someone will meet you. Thank you all for being here. Happy Mother's Day. Those that are leaving, enjoy the rest of your time. And uh, we bless you. Lord, seal this word, God.